You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. or 7 p.m. In case none of you know, this is like my favorite thing that we learned last time that we talked. G's favorite donut is a Boston cream donut. So if you ever hang out with G, get her a Boston cream donut. Yes. And it's also my favorite donut. So if you're hanging out with both of us, you know what to bring to the party. Boston cream is the way to go. So G, you've titled this talk Mental Health and Jesus. So why did you why do you want to talk about this? Um well I want to talk about it because it's something that's close to my heart and I feel like um a lot of people don't know my story and a lot of people don't know about how people have to deal with mental health and Jesus. Like it is a thing. You know? Do you think people kind of shy away from that conversation? Oh, absolutely. I think they always shy away. I think it's something that's kept quiet, um, something that people don't talk about, and it needs to change. Yeah, yeah, cool. So uh, how about we kind of get the conversation started by you telling us a little bit about your history with mental health and your experience? Um, Okay, so first of all, after I had my second daughter, um, around 2000 and I'm going to say around 2003, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. This having been after one of what I didn't know at the time would be um, many attempts on my life by myself. Um, and just a long struggle. Um, I had a doctor say like, hey, have you ever heard of this? And I was like, well, no. And he was like, well, you know, I think that you have this thing called bipolar and what you're telling me about not being able to keep your job and all these highs and lows and the deep, deep depression sounds like what you have. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, he really shone a light on it at the time, but it was also scary, too, because that's kind of like putting a label on me. That's like something that you, you know, nobody wants that. Nobody wants a label put on them. So yeah. that was the beginning. Mm. Yeah. Can you describe a little bit about what it's like to have bipolar disorder? Well, it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing that I do want to point out because people just know it as, you know, somebody with high highs and very low lows or a mixture of the two in some way. And that's pretty much what bipolar is. Um, for me, um, I get very depressed sometimes, and the depression is the worst part of my bipolar. Um, I, I mean, I've been confined to my bed for more than a month. Um, just not being able to, you know, do that thing called life. Um, and I mean, it hits people in different ways, but I find that the depression piece and me that's the hardest part i do have the high highs um but i've learned how to cope with them better mm-hmm. um but you know shows up at new people differently but that's that's the way that it works out with me mm-hmm. and so you've also been a jesus follower 
for a really long time, right? Yes. Um, I grew up in a church um, with, like, my grandma. She used to wake us up and say, Sunday, you're going to church. It's Wednesday, you're going to Bible study. It's Tuesday, you know. <laughs> you got to get down there to choir practice. So, yeah, I grew up in the church. But as I got older, um, I started to feel like, you know, things were happening in life. And um, I don't know, Jesus wasn't there for me, I thought. Um, and with my experience in different churches, um, with the things that I had happened in my life, you know, I had my children early, my first son I had when I was 15, um, you know, something else. People just looked down on that and they looked down on me and they talked about me and, you know, the church, it wasn't a nice homely place for me. So I got away from it and I would come back to it and then get away from it again. So, yeah, and then I found Circle, which was a different community. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you were telling me that um, at the church that you were beforehand, people would sit, you know, you would talk about maybe a little bit about how you're feeling, and people would tell you to, like, just pray about it, and it would mm. go away. Oh, yeah, right? that, that's like a running thought in the, you know, Christian community. Oh, pray about it, you know, it'll get better. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I don't feel better. I'm stuck to this bed. It's not getting better. You know, um, my situation is bad. You know, where's Jesus in that? And I thought, you know, like I'm praying and nothing's happening. So Jesus must not be listening to me is what I thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you entered Circle of Hope in the community, um, what started to change? Um, at first, at first when I got here, um, I still hid a lot. Um, I got to know people, but I still didn't talk much. Um, I would come off and on, um, nothing like now, like I'm like always here kind of, and I'm very involved, but I just thought, you know, okay, here goes church, I'll try it again, you know, mm -hmm. um, but I started to realize like these people, you know, like they love each other and they're here. And like the pastor knows me, like he knows my name, that's pretty cool. And he knows my kids and that's really great. Mm -hmm. And you know, people would call me when I didn't show up and that was something that I wasn't used to, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so yeah, so I decided that, you know, I like to come and I just kept showing up. Mm -hmm. Was there a moment in your journey that you felt like really dramatically changed your faith? Absolutely, and it happened about happened about almost four years ago now. I got to a place, and I was attending Circle of Hope then, but I got to a place again where I thought, like, life is too hard, God doesn't care, you know, there's nobody around. I was having trouble with my kids, having trouble with my love life, my relationship with my husband, relationship with people that I thought was friends and just my family alone. So I thought, this life isn't the thing for me to do anymore. Um, and I just kept saying to myself, like, I'm really tired and I really need to take a break. Um, and that like snowballed into like, I need to kind of exit this world. Like, it's just too much, it's too much to deal with. It'll be all better without me here, you know? 
maybe my husband will come back and take care of my kids maybe my mom will I don't know just be a better grandma and just all these crazy thoughts came into my head so I decided you know I was gonna you know I came up with this plan um, and I said you know this is gonna be it like this is gonna be the time and like I said I had tried multiple times to take my life um, which is not something that I'm proud of but it just shows that Jesus was always there even when I wasn't recognizing him um, so I did this thing I took all these pills and I checked into a hotel and I didn't tell anybody where I was going and I woke up like a day and a half later and I, I, I was like what the heck like wait a minute that wasn't supposed to happen <laughs> like really like that was not supposed to happen like I, I even went so far as to like take the labels off of the pills because one thing that they'll ask you when you have like a suicide attempt like what did you take or they'll ask your loved one did you find like the, the bottles did you bring them with you so I was like making sure like it's not gonna happen like this is it but I woke up and I was just like in awe. Like I remember being sleepy. I don't know how I got there. I don't remember like riding to the hospital. I don't remember who got me out of the room. Mm -hmm. Like all I know is what I've been told. So at that moment, it was just like, you know, this is like definitely Jesus like I can't like explain this I, I kept trying to figure it out and all I could remember is like crap like I had a job interview like last week and I'm supposed to go to work on Monday can you believe that? that's what I was thinking like wait a minute God like you must really want me to go to work <laughs> no. And so, yeah. So to make a long story short, um, I made it through that. Um, I ended up going to work, and I hadn't worked actually like a real like job for like almost like maybe eight or nine years, and I went to that job, and I worked for almost three years. Like, I got out of there and I like, <laughs> I said to my mom, listen, I'm gonna get out of here. I need you to call the job. It's this, this, and this. And just tell them that, that I'm sick and that I'll be there. And like, that was the beginning of like this huge transformation that, I don't know, like Jesus just did for me. It just like happened, just like that. Mm -hmm. So we were talking a lot about gratitude and how your perspective on gratitude like really changed. Like you were talking about how every day felt like a beautiful gift. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I wanna I wanna hear your perspective of what you're grateful for, and maybe uh, maybe help us get into more of a mindset of gratitude. I know I struggle, we were talking about this, I struggle with gratitude. Yeah. And I think uh, it's tough, right? It's Sometimes it's hard to be grateful. 
it's really tough but I kind of learned from just going through things that there is always something to be grateful for like when I struggle to like figure out like what the heck am I doing like I don't want to get out of the bed and I just sit I always sit at that like side of my bed in the morning put my feet on the floor and I'm like oh my god like thank you for today like if I can't think of anything else at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day I just like thank god for this day yeah it could have been all kinds of craziness that went on but like he's allowing me to like be here you know and you know by the way I figured out I'm pretty great so <laughs> other people enjoy me being here too <laughs> but um yeah just like there was this corny thing that I meant to tell you the other day like it's like this saying like gratitude is my attitude like it's corny but it is it's something that I learned to like like a motto you know what's the motto of you <laughs> I am grateful, you know. Um, just grateful for little things. I'm grateful for big things too, but it doesn't always have to be that great big thing that happens. There's always something to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. um, Do you feel like that's how Jesus is most present in your life now, in that gratitude for the small things? I feel, I feel like he's present in all ways. You know, and I find it fun sometimes to just sit down in my chair and like have tea or coffee and think about like all the great things that are happening to me. Mm -hmm. Is that corny? No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it, from, I mean, like from the smallest to the biggest thing, like check these jeans out. I got them for free. <laughs> I bought my daughter like her school stuff and I'm like, geez, I'm broke. But then like, Two weeks later, I got an email, like, because I'm on this, like, I don't know, reward program, and I got, like, $60 pair of jeans for free. Who does that? And my other ones had a rip in them, and I was like, I'm not buying any jeans. Those ones have rips, too. <laughs> the rip was in the butt. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I, I'm grateful. Yeah. Yeah, for little and big things. Your gratefulness is contagious. You think? Great. Yeah. yeah. So if there's a kind of like bottom line message that you want to kind of send out to everybody from your experience, from what you told us tonight, what would it be? I guess one thing that I want to say that um, it's just really been resonating with me to say to other people is if you notice something about someone that's off, if you know that in your heart, you know, that person is going through something, approach them. Because they believe that they're unapproachable. They believe that it's like no help for them sometimes. And you could really be that person that makes the difference. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's, it's very hard being in that position. And if you could just be somebody's light, just help, you know, just say something nice. It can make so much of a difference. You could literally save somebody's life. I think uh, we should open it up to the floor now. Um, so this is kind of the talk back question portion of the evening. So if anybody's got any questions or comments uh, for G, just raise your hand and we'll call on you. 
I just want to say thank you for being so forward with us. It's pretty rare that you get a chance to really get into the meat of what goes on in those situations because of how sensitive it can be. So thank you for sharing that. Thanks for allowing me to come and do it. Gee, can you say more about, like, you know, to someone who's kind of skeptical about, like, okay, so you took a bunch of pills, you were supposed to die, you didn't die. Why was that Jesus? Well, there's no, there's no other explanation, you know, like, I mean, um, again, I'm going to say that I've, I've done things like that many times. And, you know, family and friends, but, oh, geez, in the hospital. Oh, you know, how you doing? You know, they just blew it off. And I just thought for a while, like, okay, like, I guess that's a thing. But it's not. Like, God is totally in that. Like, he has another purpose for me. And he's got a purpose for you and everybody else. You know, but I believe that he wanted me to know that. So he was kind of like, no, nah, no. Nah. Yes, you went somewhere you thought nobody was there, I'm going to send somebody to find you. You thought you were going to take the pills, you know, and remove the covers, I'm going to send a doctor that can help you. Somebody's going to open the door where you didn't leave a key. Mm. You know, it, it, it's deep when you think about it. But it wasn't just, you know, one thing. It was a whole, you know, set of things. Mm. Yeah, I just want to say uh, thank you so much for sharing your story. I, I think it's very inspiring. And, uh, um, you know, what you're talking about is not just something that I feel like uh, sort of shied away in the church, but also just kind of our society in general, you know, when we think about mental health. And uh, it's, a, it's a very, very sensitive and very vulnerable topic. So for you to know talk about that with us I just think it's very inspiring so I just want to thank you for it I appreciate that I think that people really have to talk about it I mean like we talk about our sexual health on the radio and things like that that I don't appreciate for my kids and <laughs> we talk about physical fitness and all of that every day but I mean this is really something that can be helped I don't believe that it's cured but it can be helped, you know? I, I have to take medicine, just like my diabetic friend, and just like, you know, somebody that has another ailment, and it helps. But I had to come to the conclusion that, you know, I need help and this is what's gonna help me, and I had to be all right with that, whether or not society was all right with it, or my family. Gee. Um, when Ben asked you that question about um, how do you know that it was Jesus, you were just like, what are you talking about? You were so like, you were so certain. I love yeah. that. How has your how has your spiritual life changed? Like your prayer life, or your scripture reading, or your your interaction, your fellowship with with Christians or people who aren't Christians. What is? Can you see it? Can you see a change from before and after? Was see a change in me and I it's happened gradually it didn't happen like overnight you know um, just for instance I was doing my laundry the other day 
and some guy was in there like asking for money mm. and uh everybody was telling him no and he came up to me with this really you know long story and i'm like what are you really needing from me mm. and he says i need to get to my grandma's house and i said listen buddy here goes three bucks you know i you know i'm doing my clothes like it's what i gotta do don't have a lot of money but i give you three bucks you can catch the bus one way you know that's sort of like how i show the jesus in me to other people mm. you know i try to read my bible it gets me confused sometimes yeah, you know what i mean i'm like oh god what's that mean i'm confused my friend asked me when i told her that i was coming to talk tonight um do you have all your scriptures in order? I said, oh. I said, I'm not doing that. I said, I'm just going to be real and go with what I know. You know? Um, so, yeah, God, I mean, he's just allowing me to be me and live my best life. And, and that's all right. And just love on people the way that I, I see is best. And he's all right with that. You know? I pray um a lot more than i did before because i used to think i didn't know how to pray mm. i think i talked to you about that you know people get in the though and the dog and the lord jesus oh. and i'll be like oh man you pray so good i can't do it <laughs> but i'm not like that anymore because you know like god cares what i have to say so i pray in my car i pray in the shower wherever I need to say a prayer. If I see something going on, the ambulance going by, Lord, like, I don't know what's going on with that person, but, you know, get them there safely. And that's good enough. You know? So I don't have any certain standard that I live by, you know, that may be different from yours. I just try to do the best I can with what I understand. I don't try to be this great person, even though I am great. <laughs> there any more questions? I just yeah. kind of some input with my own like struggles with mental health and generalized anxiety and nice manic depression as a symptom of that. Um, a lot with the stigma around mental health and how that really bleeds into like the Christian life and, and for me one thing I struggle with with the depression is not feeling worth it. It's kind of blanket statement, or especially with love. And I mean, oh, that really made having Jesus in my life hard because I felt like I couldn't receive like the perfect love. And for me, a lot of growing up and, and going to church and being told that like my mental health was like a symptom of like bad faith or something along those lines and that like fixing that was a prerequisite to like being a Christian and I think for me my biggest realization that I've come across which was sort of like my big change for me was just realizing that that's not true and I've been doing this for like two years now and people yeah, I mean if you ask people about me and I'll talk about it too like my transformations that I've had and how far I've come and it's like but I haven't come any farther than that really that's really just still where I'm at is I don't need I, I, I can come as I am 
and I'm and I have so much to offer and am so worth it. And like, but I haven't really gotten for I haven't gotten fixed or cured or anything like that. I haven't gotten any further with that. But I feel like I'm still worth it. Mm. Yeah, you're absolutely worth it. And the thing that's great about Jesus and his love is there are no prerequisites. Like, he just, like, does love you. And I learned, like, right here at Circle, like, from a talk, like, like nobody can love you like Jesus. Like, you have, like, oh, my God, like, my boyfriend, <laughs> my husband, you know, my girlfriend. I just wish that they could. Well, they can't. Only Jesus can. Like, do that perfect thing. Like, we want all these people to love us that perfect way. There's really no such thing. Like, he's the only one that can love us perfectly. And, you know, there's no prerequisite to his love. You don't have to, like, do all of these things. You know, but that's not what, like, society and everybody else wants us to believe. And I think that was sort of my big, like, awakening was being, like, even in my own way, being very skeptical about that. Be like, okay, Jesus, go for it. Love me. No one else can. I can't. So good luck. And he does. <laughs> and, 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 and you can yeah. keep scrolling up, and he's gonna love you. That's great. Like he doesn't leave you. And that's what's kept me going in my faith is, is those little moments. And a lot of times they're like very much after the fact, where I'm just like, oh shit. All right. Good job, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Got time for another? Any more questions? Should we leave it there? Can we give one more round of applause for Jake? Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.